times you can look back, and, and I don't like to dwell in the past, but I'm looking back sometimes will uh, be a very good blessing for you. And while we were singing that and just towards the end, thinking of and, and meditating on where I was at when I received the Lord and he came running after me and how he loves is so different. There wasn't any any good reason for him to come running towards me to lavish his love on me. I hadn't done anything to deserve that. I had done quite the opposite. And how his his love is so different and so unique and um, I just want to just take a minute and, and I don't want you to stay in that spot very long. Um, but just go back. Where were you at? Where, where did that look like? We're often, many of us were in a spot that um, we were messed up, we were broken, we were hurting, we were crying out. And he wasn't ashamed. He wasn't um, embarrassed. He didn't care what was going on. He was right there in that moment and how quickly he comes in and rescues from that place. And how quickly you go from death to life and how quickly the brokenness goes into healing and whole and how quickly that process happens. And I was just maybe getting to see an outside picture of that, of, of how he loves, how he wasn't afraid, he wasn't ashamed, he wasn't um, worried, he wasn't concerned for himself how he was just so lavishing his love on me and still to this day is still doing that and uh, just hopefully just take another moment just just let the holy spirit show you what that looks like for you how proud he is to call us his sons and daughters have your Bibles this morning, hopefully you do, if you don't, you have your phone, you have something that you can pull up your Bible app on, and we're going to be in uh, 1 Timothy this morning, still going through the instructions and the, um, what it looks like, the gift of the shepherd, the pastor to the church, and we've went through the five-fold ministry, we're going to be spending a little more time here, um, and Today's passage is 1 Timothy chapter 4, and it's a very interesting passage. When we, when we just flippantly kind of read through, I think we forget a lot that this is written to the church, to those in faith, to those who are believers, to those who are in the church, and he uses some very um, interesting words to describe that, and he says, Chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now the Spirit. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons 
speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received for thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused. If it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Now that first section I put in my Bible, problem. Problem right there. That's a problem. Those first five verses. Now you get into verse six and I put solution. If you, who's he speaking to? Timothy, a leader. Presbyteros. And the church, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. Now let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word and in conduct, in love and in spirit, in faith and in purity, till I come and give instruction to reading, to exhorting, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Thank you, Lord, for this passage. Thank you for your word. Now, last week I know was um, pretty challenging for some. It was a heavy uh, message, and a lot of it came just just came flooding out, um, and I'm not apologizing for that, but I want us to see um, what the Spirit is saying, and, and this is what Paul is teaching Timothy, and Paul is speaking from this place. Now, this is, he's in very intent, this is, this, this is now this the Spirit expressly says. Um, we got to be careful. We need to be paying attention to the times and the days that we're in, and that's what last week was probably a lot about of where we're at, what we're doing, and Paul is teaching this young minister, Timothy, that he's, t Paul had built up the, uh, the Ephesian church, and he's, he's handed it off to young Timothy, and he's given some instruction, he's knowing that his time is coming short, and he's encouraging Timothy, and I like that it says right from the start, now the Spirit expressly says that what, in latter times, so Paul is speaking Right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking expressly, speaking of something later, okay? 
So this isn't just for, this isn't for that moment. Paul is giving Timothy a heads up, like there's some stuff to come. And I find it interesting if you're a fan of Paul and you've read the Bible, you're going to see this apostasy that he's talking about as also a sign of Thessalonians. That he says that this will be a sign before the Antichrist comes. And how many would think that we're probably fitting in that time zone? We're in that, that I would say very easily, very confidently to say, the latter times that, that Paul is speaking of here. So there's a connection there, that there, there's going to be a falling away. There's going to be people leaving the faith. Now, I found it interesting as I was looking at some of that, um, just since in the 90s, the, the United States, and, and I'm not just talking about the United States, but this was the, the poll for the United States, who, and why I'm using that is because this is founded a very predominantly um, Christian nation. Would we all agree? So in the 90s, 85% of Americans said that, yes, I'm Christian. I identify as Christian. Um, in this year, we're below 65%. That's pretty, that's a huge drop, rapidly. And it is going faster and faster and faster. Now, around the world, the fastest, one of the fastest growing religions is Islam. Now, that's projected that the majority of the world by 2070-something is going to be Islamic. If we make it that far, um, <laughs> I don't know if that's funny or not, but um, that's that's my take. Um, now, the good news in all of that is that out of um, the Protestant sect of Christianity, Pentecostalism is the fastest growing of the Protestant movement around the world. You should be excited by that. Like that's that's good news, guys. Like that's a good thing. It actually fits with what. The Spirit has been speaking to me and to many other believers. I believe that the Lord is going to want to pour out His Spirit like never before. Or very similar to how it was poured out in the beginning. Amen? I believe that very strongly, that as, as darkness increases, that as things get darker, the Lord is going to pour out His Spirit. And you're going to see more and more of that. And guess what's happening? You're seeing more and more of that in a very dark time. And we're seeing that here in our little culture, and we're seeing that it's happening the same way around the world. And I don't think that's by mistake. The power that's going to be needed to go through what the church is about to go through and face the darkness and the attack of all hell breaking loose, you're going to need the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so what do you think about the Holy Spirit going like, hey, to all kinds of different people and theologies that are like, well, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if that's even for today. And the Holy Spirit's going, hey, check this out. Let me, you're going to feel my presence. You're going to feel the love that we just sang about in a whole new way, and you're going to be shook and challenged, and, and I'm going to pour gifts into you so that the power of God will go forth like it never has. Like, that's, that's where we're at. So this isn't a doom and gloom. Like, this is super cool. Like, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the chaos that's happening and is to come, God has called men and women, sons and daughters, to represent him on this earth, and he's empowered them and given them charisma don't you like that you should have a christian should have charisma now, i don't mean it the way you're saying it and i think you know where i'm at with that but he's given us charisma gifts from the holy spirit for such a time as this amen now with that he says now the spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith boo that's not good and it's not people who weren't saved there's lots of different theology positions that will say, well, people who are in the faith can't, can't be lost. 
But that's not what this says. It says they will depart from the faith. Not just depart from the faith. They will give heed to what? Deceiving spirits. Now, the, the word giving heed means to hold the mind. They will hold their mind. They will fix their mind. They will turn their mind from truth to deceptive spirits. That is scary. Not the world's going to do this. People in the faith are going to do this. And we're seeing that happen on a very large scale. That's concerning. Now, in the midst of that, it not it so weird that in the midst of, like, the power of the Holy Spirit going out and, and the signs and wonders, and you're seeing more and more, are we not? We're seeing more, like, we had six people get saved last week. That was awesome. Like, more and more Holy Spirit is being poured out. More and more baptisms. More healings. More signs. But in the midst of that, there's also people getting deceived and their focus and their mind being turned in the midst of that. And this message should really speak to us because as it goes on, like don't check out is what I'm saying right now. Don't check out. You're thinking, yeah, that's, that's great. That's happening. But that's not, that's not for me, Pastor. Well, as you get to the, the last end of this chapter, um, Paul tells Timothy, take heed to yourself. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, Timothy. Even you as the leader, Timothy, continue in them. Why? Because for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Timothy, you're going to have to continue in this. In what? In the same things that were first instructed to you. It's very challenging today, I will tell you, as a pastor, there's so many doctrines and so many thoughts and so many commentaries and so many people on YouTube and so many people teaching and preaching things that are kind of close that it is very easy for people who say they're Christians who come to church, but they don't know the word of God very well. They know partial truth or they've heard it said, but it's not in them. You hearing me? The word of God's got to be in you. You have to have fed on it so that it is alive inside of you, so that when those partial truths, the Holy Spirit inside of you goes, wait a minute, there's something off. Rob was talking about a chili cook-off at, at the Iron Homecoming. He got to judge a chili cook-off. And like some people say, well, chili's chili. But then there was some chilies that he, some, some chili that he tasted. He was like, hmm, I don't know what that was. And it wasn't bad. I'm not saying that it was bad. Like, sometimes that's not good, right? You're like, I don't know what that was. But, but there were some good things. He's like, hmm, I wonder what that seasoning is. Like, that is how if we feed on the Word of God enough, as different things come in, you should, hmm, wait a minute. I'm not familiar with that. Like, you're going to need to be familiar and feeding on the good Word of God of the truth, the, the unwatered down, the pure truth. The not contaminated, the not mixed, but the word. And this is the, and you know what? It sounds so simple. I've heard this my whole life growing up. When I was a kid, you go, you better know the word of God. You better, you know what? What, what? what are we doing? How come we don't? It's said over and over and over. And you're like, man, Pastor Steve, you're like a broken record. Yeah. Here's what I know. If the word of God gets in you and you get this so in your forefront, like tie it around your, your head. Tie it on your wrist. So when you look in the mirror, you see it like, 
everywhere you go, you see the word of God, and it's, I'm not going to be too worried about you. But Paul is even concerned. He knew that, remember last week? Those even amongst you will come in at like savage wolves and try to tear you apart. False teachers will do this. And he's telling us just matter-of-factly that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Breaks my heart. Given heed to deceiving spirits. That word in the Greek is planos. It means roving, like as a tramp. There's, we don't see that much, like the hobo thing. I mean, we see lots of homeless. But back in the day, like there was hobos that were, they actually like, would do some little side jobs, little things here and there, and then they'd kind of move on, rove all over here and there and everywhere. Like, that's what these deceiving spirits are like. That's, that's biblically what it's called. And it goes on and it says, that is by an imposter or a misleader, a deceiver, seducing. Ooh, that word. Seducing. How many have been seduced? No one. No one's been, one honest person, this whole church, that's awesome. A couple. Like, if you've never started to be seduced by something, you're, you're, you check your pulse. Let me help you. Guys, have you ever seen a boat that you're like, wow, like, I think I need that in my life. You've seen a car. You've seen a motorcycle. You've seen, and we can talk very plainly, there's been women that have had a seducing spirit that you were all of a sudden just around. And next thing you know, it's like the kid, the cartoon with the, the food. And it just has this scent trail. And all of a sudden, your, your heels start getting a little lighter. No, that's for real. I've encountered, I'll be honest. When I was in the jewelry store, I had a woman one time that had such a seducing spirit that without even knowing, the next thing, my heels were like started to come off the floor. And I was like, whoa, what the heck is this? I went home and told my wife, oh my gosh, there's this woman. She has a spirit. Like, it was ridiculous. Now, thank the Lord. That, and I was like, I was tripping out because I've never experienced that in my life. And I was like, God, help me. What the heck's going on? He said, there's a, there's a spirit on her. And once I saw that, oh, I was like, I was angry with her from that point on. I'm like, she came out of the store. I was like, ooh, I was, I was pretty rude. Honestly, I wasn't nice. I'm like, go away. There's seduction that happens all the time. And some of these seducing things, are, are, they sound good. And you, can, you think, if you think you can't be seduced, you're in trouble. You need to hear me, church. If you think that you can't be seduced, you're in trouble. If you don't think that, if you think you're so confident, you've got everything so dialed in, that'll never happen. The devil's like, oh, gotcha. So you take precautions, do we not? We take precautions. If you're wise, like, I don't go places without, with other women if there's not people accountable. Like, I don't want to be alone with women. Not, and hear me, like, I'm not that concerned, but I'm wise enough to go, like, you know what? This is just a good practice. These are some safeguards to keep in our life. So if we can read that in Scripture, there will be a great apostasy. Is the, is the word of God true? Every single word. There's going to be a great apostasy in the latter times. Are we in the latter times? 
Okay, so that, that means it's concerning us. It says, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits. And doctrines of demons. That gives me chills. And if that doesn't give you chills, there's something wrong. Doctrines of demons. Demonic doctrine. And you're going, I'm not going to be like sitting around the cauldron, like putting like chicken's feet and like doing spells and like I'm not going to. No, I'm not saying you are. Most of the demonic doctrines aren't like that. You need to, like, demonic doctrine can look like legalism. Demonic doctrine can be like, oh, I can kind of do whatever the heck I want. I, I'm free, pastor. I'm free. And yes, you are, but you're not free, so you can go just do whatever the heck you want. So a demonic doctrine can sound biblical. Do you remember in Galatians, how many of you read Galatians? Paul literally used the term in chapter 3, who has bewitched you? He said, oh, foolish Galatians. And another Greek word for that is idiots. So I'm pretty calm when it comes to my preaching. Paul calls the Galatian church idiots. Who cast a spell over you? To the church. What were they doing? They were going back into legalism. They were going back and following the law. They were going away from just counting on Christ as their, the basics, pretty much, guys. They got away from the basics and started going to extra into this. It's the simple gospel. It's the basics of the gospel that is where we need to reside and, and cling to. You get people start wondering, oh, because our pride feels so good to be this. Oh, I know all this. Did you know all this little? And I'm not saying not to study. I love to study God. And there are so many depths and levels. You'll never get to the end of it. But listen, there's a simple gospel that you don't ever need to stray from. It's in that safety. It's in the simple gospel that I was a sinner. We need to remember, like, that picture. I was messed up. And oh, how good God has been to come into me and to come and save me and restore me. And I need to remember that without him, I'm a hot mess. I am not grown to the place that I can go out there and just be like, oh, shoot, I'm good. I got this figured out. That is never going to happen to me. Oh, no, I better cling. I better cling to him. I better cling to this word. these doctrines of demons they'll speak lies and hypocrisy having their own consciences seared with a hot iron he's so slick he offers clever imitations of the real have you ever noticed that like God has a real peace for us he has a real place of healing for us he has and, and Satan was so clever he'll come along and bring these little sidetracks that aren't Jesus. And, and don't get mad at me. I, I, I believe this is the Holy Spirit. It happens a lot in medication. Now, I'm not against doctors and I'm not against medicine. If you need medicine, then you take medicine. But it's very easy in this day and age for pharmaceuticals to be pushed and just people throwing diagnoses at, oh, you got a little, you're feeling a little blue today? 
here's a bunch of pills. Well, guess what? It's natural for us to go through some ups and some downs. We can have some blue days. It's okay. Now, if you stay in the dark all the time, then there's a problem. But next thing you know, instead of going to Jesus, we're like, oh, I'll just take a pill. And we get deceived. And we forget that, you know what, there is a God who loves us. There is a God who has offered healing for us and has provided for us. And if it doesn't happen right in one millisecond, maybe I need to contend. I remember when the Lord told me, like, you need to go after this healing, like for Steve, the same way, the same way you would for someone that was, uh, needs deliverance, demonically. Oh. Well, here's what I know about that is you don't quit because you go, come out. Well, they didn't want to come out, so... Have fun. Be blessed. How, how would you like, if, if you have a son or a daughter, and you call Pastor Steve to come pray because they need deliverance, and I spent about 25 seconds, I prayed over them with a little quick prayer and walked away, said, all right, have fun. They're good. Or would you rather you stayed until that thing left? But we don't like to do that because we have lots of other options. Church, listen. You go to some other countries and some third world countries especially, they don't have other options. You know what they have? Jesus. And you know what they get? Healed. Delivered. I think it's interesting. The majority, you'll see lots of healings and lots of deliverance outside the country. Now, we're starting to see more and more here, but that that's... Any evangelist, anyone that's, and anyone that's ever been outside this country, you see the power of God, and you see the move of God way stronger. I don't think that's by coincidence. We have lots of other options. We have lots of other things we can do. Satan deceives by offering clever imitations of the real. And this spirit draws people away from the truth and causes people to hear, listen to me, it causes people to hear. Before you accept them, you have to hear them. Is that true? We need to be careful what we're listening to. We need to be careful what's, what's coming in. Because that stuff will come in. If you don't give it a place, then it won't, it won't torment you. It won't keep coming back and messing with you. But when you're putting that stuff in and you're hearing it, it gives a foothold. And then you hear it, and then you begin to accept it. You think it's, <laughs> it's very clever how, how the enemy does stuff. It starts off in our culture with songs. Just, and they're, they're very candy-sounding songs. Remember the I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It song? Like, that melody, that stupid thing, I remember I heard it in Taco Bell one time, and I wasn't even really listening to the words, but I was just like, like, man, and then all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, what am I singing? And it's way back. You go into Ellen's show, like, it's just little small things start coming and just making you a little more comfortable. You start hearing people start talking a little more openly about something. Before long, you're just kind of more comfortable. It's like, oh, yeah, it's not a big deal. Isn't that how that works? That's how, that's how it happens. And the whole time, you're actually being deceived and drawn away from the truth by spirits, doctrines of demons. And pretty soon, we're agreeing with it doesn't happen just like boom no one when he's like would you like to come to hell with me you're like yeah let's go no you don't do that 
you better not do that. Then you're like Paul going, idiots. <laughs> he goes on, he says that our consciences get seared with a hot iron. Man, that is so crazy. Your conscience, you know what your conscience is? That means every single one of us, like God has put a conscience, it means, con means with, shunt, science is knowledge. So everyone, has God has put in us the knowledge of himself. What means the knowledge of good, the knowledge of evil. Like every single human being has a conscience, and God has put that in every single one of us. That conscience can get seared. How many's ever seared anything? The, another way to say that in Greek is branded. Now, that's a couple different meanings. You ever seen something get branded? That skin is dead. And it will whoop, thick up. With, like, it will get super, super raised up, hard skin. No feeling in that. Satan also brands your conscience, and that makes ownership. You know why you brand things? Mine. Not yours. Devil's slick. He can allow us to get a little bit of off our toes a little bit. Getting Next thing you know, the brand comes out on your conscience and those things that used to bother us. How many have experienced what I'm talking about? You can, next thing you know, you're watching something and it's like, wait a minute, how, how did I get here? Well, because it started way back there and our conscience just got a little more seared, got a little more sealed. Before long, you're like, what? That's intentional. That's how you end up leaving the faith. Your conscience gets calloused and hard. You ever work with your hands very much? More, the more you do that, the more it happens, the more callous, the more hard your conscience can get. And all the time, the Holy Spirit's going, no, no, no. Or people are speaking truth to you that love you, but it's hard, and it's just bouncing off. And it's, you're like, what the heck are you talking about? I remember when I walked away from the Lord, my, my conscience, my cal- it was so, callous was so hard. Couldn't, I didn't even want to hear truth. And it sure as heck wasn't going in. It was bouncing off. And you know, it's very interesting. Um, some years back, when I first started even ministering here, some of the times when I would bring truth that people didn't want to hear, I used this term, and, and those who were in the staff, would hear, I'd say sometimes I can sense, I can almost feel that the seed is going out and it bounces off. That's because consciences have been hardened. But the cool thing is, is in the last like six months, it's like whew, the seed goes out and it just absorbs, it goes in. That's, that's good news. Now, we need to to keep ourselves in that spot because we know there's going to be a hardening. There's going to be a a dragging away. There's going to be a departure. And don't fool ourselves to think that we can't be a part of that. What happens in a Christian's life, and I've seen this many, many times. I'm I'm old enough to, to have seen a little bit, not as old as some. But I use this a little bit. And you'll see that swing go one or two ways when people start getting a little hard that 
they go into this extreme legalism, extreme fanaticism, or they go into this extreme, I can do whatever I want. And the Lord wants you right smack dab in the truth, like rightly dividing the truth, amen? Rightly dividing the truth. Not, not going into an extreme on one end and not going into an extreme on the other. And Satan is totally fine if you go out of the truth. Into one, he don't, he's totally fine if you being super religious. He's super okay with that. Religious people put Jesus on the cross. Religious people crucified their Savior. So you need to see how evil that is. The religious spirit is very, very evil. If anyone's very many have come against that, it is evil. I would ra- I'd rather deal with someone who's homosexual or anything else because that's a lot easier. When you're broken and you know you've messed up, that's a lot easier to go like, oh, I need warmth. I'm cold. But when you have someone who's holding on to all this legalism and they've got scripture but it's twisted on board, oh, that wears me out. goes on, he says, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods. You think, what's this all about? Well, there was Gnostics in that day. And they would teach that basically anything in the material world was evil. And that's, that's still kind of a lot of that happens today. God, God created the heavens and the earth. And on day one, day two, day three, it's, it was, and it was good. And it was good. We need to remember that, church. Everything he created is good. We should go out. When you go look outside, you see the beauty. It's, it declares his glory. It's good. So, so there's these extremes, right? Don't marry. Is there not religious groups that promote that? Was, was Paul too far off? What's the fruit of that? Oh, it's a mess is what that is. Now, that doesn't mean that. Now, listen to me. That doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit can't talk to you and say, Hey, I want you to, 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 to not get married for a season. Or he can't tell someone. The Holy Spirit can tell people, I don't want you to marry someone. Here's what I'm talking about. This is what the word's talking about. Man telling people. Religion telling people. You can't marry. You can't do this. You can't do that. You see the difference? Like saying, you can't eat this. You can't eat that. Now, I don't have a problem. There's different people who serve the Lord and they're saying, I don't feel like I, I feel like the Lord told me not to eat, eat meat. Okay, that's fine. But this is an area that, and you're seeing lots of people go in that, <laughs> that area, that it is a sign of things that are going to come. Now, if you don't eat meat, I know I'm going to put, put you out here a little bit. Aaron doesn't eat meat. Aaron's not uh, a religious fanatic that's saying, I don't eat meat and the rest of you guys are sick and going to hell. Like, she understands the freedoms that she just feels like, I just don't want to eat meat. It's for my health and different things. And that's, that is okay. You have freedom to do that. Amen. You have freedom to get married, or you have freedom not to get married. Like Paul says, for, for me, like I'm gonna, I got so much stuff to do, it's better that I don't. For me, I'm like, I got so much stuff to do, I need a wife. <laughs> like you find a wife, that's a good thing, amen? Like, heck no, good for you, Paul, but not for, not for me. But if that's your, that's okay. He's saying don't put, don't let people put that stuff on you, amen? And that's stuff that's happening. He goes on, he says, with God created to be received, everything, food, with thanksgiving, by those who believe and know the truth. Amen? By those who believe and know the truth. For every creature 
of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. What, how, how is it sanctified? What's sanctified mean? Made holy. Made, it's good. It's good. It's right. So if we're going to sit down at the table and eat some bacon, hallelujah, I had some last night, baked BLT. Now, now if you eat lots of bacon, is that going to be healthy for you? No. Is there reasons that God's like, hey, you shouldn't eat pig? Are you free to do that now? Yes. Thank you for that, Lord. But we should, with thanksgiving, thank you, Lord. And it's sanctified by what? Because God said that it's okay. He's, he's the one who said, you can do that now. You can eat this. You can have it. Why? Because he said it's been sanctified by the word. So now we can be thankful. Not someone, some other person's now saying, well, you can't do this. You can't do that. If you do that, wait a minute. What's that say? Right? Isn't it cool? You can see that these areas are happening and we can take the word and go, oh, this is how you walk through it. It's the same way for every area of our life, you guys. There's freedom, yes. But you can swing from extremes. Now, I think I told you a little bit about the Gnostics. They, they considered anything material in the world order was evil. He goes on and he says, here's the solution. If you instruct the brethren in those things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. A good minister is going to bring instruction. A good minister, a good leader is going to bring instruction in what? These things. It basically in everything. Like the full counsel of God we talked about last week. What is that? It's, it's what God thinks about everything. And how do we know what he thinks? Well, because he's told us. Amen? Not because some pastor decides, well, I think this is what God's saying about this now. And I think God's saying about this. Or Joseph Smith comes along and says, well, I got a revelation from God. Now, no, no. What is this instruction saying? And we're to nourish ourselves in the word of faith and the good doctrine, which you've carefully followed. Doctrine is good. You guys, there's such been a push, and I kind of got involved in it for a while, like us as, as um, charismatics and listening and being led by the Holy Spirit, we can go like, well, I'm not into, like, I don't need to worry about doctrine. I don't need to worry about it. I just let the Holy Spirit lead me. How many's ever heard that? That is very popular amongst charismatics. I've heard a lot of that. Well, I don't care about about theology. And this. I, I, I'm more of a Holy Spirit person, and I'm not really a word person. I don't really need the word because, well, the Holy Spirit's in me, and Jesus is the word. If Jesus lives in me, then I'm good. I Seriously, you hear stuff like that, and you're like, foolish. That, that goes against Scripture. We're nourished in the word of faith and of the good doctrine, which you've carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' tales. How many know there's old wives' fables in the church? There's lots of old wives' fables. There's lots of things that the church has said and done and said that this is bad, you can't do that, this, that, blah, blah, blah. Or if you do this, like, you're like, huh? Don't follow that. Don't worry about that. The good doctrine. I've found in my life, if I keep myself, like, on the simple... I live by simple. Keep it simple. Like, 
you can give so far out a bunch of things that are like, I don't know about all that. And I'm not, I don't really feel the Lord's holding me too accountable to things I don't know. He holds me accountable to what I do know. How many of you know, like, I know there's areas in my life that I need to grow. I know there's areas that, that the Lord's been speaking to me about, and I have yet begun to be obedient walking that. That's, what, that's where you need to be. That's what you need to focus down your attention on. Am I being obedient to the basic things that he's called me to do? Because if you get busy with that, everything else is going to take care of itself. He goes on. In verse 9, he says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach. Well, that's encouraging. Paul's telling Timothy, to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially those who believe these things, command and teach. Church, this is not like fun, fun, fun time that we're in. There's going to be some reproach. There's going to be some suffering. There's going to be some, some testing of your faith, some trying of your faith. And you better be established in the faith. You better have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. You better know what you're going to say before that time comes. You better know what your answer is going to be. You better know why you believe what you believe. Because it's going to get tested. There's going to, listen to me, there's going to be a lot of Christians that are going to agree with a lot of different stuff. And you're going to have a lot of people who are not going to understand why you aren't okay with all this other stuff that all these other Christians are. You better have a good reason for that. You better have chapter and verse for that, not opinion. I've had lots of people growing. I grew up in the church. There was lots of things the church said, you can't do that sin. This is blah, 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 blah. And then when I got to read the word for myself all the way from cover to cover, I'm like, that ain't what it says. That's not there. What's up with that? You know what you're not accountable for? All of that stuff. That's someone else's opinion and thought. But here's what we're all accountable for, what it says. Even if it's not popular. Even if it's not cultural correct. Even if you're going to get canceled for believing it. Even if people in your own family are going to dislike you. I am, this is a challenge for some. What am I to do with this? Because my son or my daughter is this stand for the truth love them show them what it looks like but you were bought with a price you yourself you yourself were bought with a price you have a commander-in-chief you have a god who loves you and he purchased you and redeemed you and you're his representative now he he came he's made it he said i will i will divide son and father mother and daughter there will be division he brought a sword now, he's not purposely like, ha, 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 I'm going to separate families. He's saying the truth will do that. And I'm sure it doesn't feel good. I will promise you, I, I haven't had that with my own kids yet. I have with friends, with other family members, with people in the church. It doesn't feel good, but it's the truth. You better be okay. You better have your feet planted on solid ground. Because you can be misled very easily. 
Your emotions can be seduced. Oh, but let me tell you, when there's someone that you care about and they're going down a road, it can be very easily to not stand up and go, that, honey, I love you, but that's not okay. Because you don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, if I do that, I won't have, here's what I hear, I won't have a relationship with them, then I won't be able to tell them the truth. If you can't tell them the truth now, you think you're going to tell them the truth 10 years from now down the road? You better tell them the truth now. And love them enough to tell them the truth. Love is not hypocrisy. And it's also not brutal. Goes on says, don't let anyone despise your youth, Timothy. Be an example to the believers. This is for all of us. I think this is a great word. Um, men, we're going to be probably doing a study before long on the measure of a man. It's all the traits. It, the, there's 20 different traits between Timothy and Titus on what a godly leader looks like. And I think they're awesome so that every man should have these qualities built up in their life. Amen? So, he's telling Timothy to live in such a way in a good conduct and in love and in spirit and faith and purity till I come. Give attention to reading and to exhorting to doctrine. It's very important what our doctrine is. He says, don't neglect the gift that is in you. You guys can start finding some music. You wish everything in life worked like that? You're like, I have the, that was easy button right there. Listen to what he tells Timothy. Church, you need to, please hear me on this. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. That Greek word is charisma. Don't neglect that charisma, that gift that is in you. You know, people, this world, and you watch, you watch and see, people are going to be okay with you being, they're okay with you being religious. They're not going to be okay with you using your gifts. Even in the church world, it's like not okay. Even in some four square churches. Go figure. It's like kind of frowned on. Well, we don't really, you know. Church, do not neglect the gift of charisma that is in you. We need that. Church, every single one of us, we need the gifts working and functioning together. We need to be equipped and built up and encouraged for this day. The world outside needs those gifts functioning and operating. They're so beautiful when you're able to witness to people and you go outside the church and the, word can, the Lord can give you a word of knowledge. Or he can give you a picture of something. And you deliver something like that, like a gift. And they go, whoa, how did you know that? I don't, and I don't, it's, it's him. See, God loves you. He loves you so much, and he cared for you that he saw that, and he just wanted to show you this. That opens the door wide open for them to instantaneously know there's a God, and he knows me, and he loves me. Now, the devil does not want you to use the gifts. He knows how powerful they are, and for this season, we especially need those, and he is, Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, don't neglect that. No, don't neglect the gifts that, that were given you. And how did they happen? When Timothy started his ministry, it looks like that they came around him and lay hands on him. 
and someone prophesied something over him and spoke over his life. And as they were praying over Timothy, there was there were some gifts released. That's beautiful. He said, meditate on these things. Meditate on it. Give yourselves entirely to them, church. We've got to give ourselves entirely. In this day and age, in this season, there's, and I'm involved in lots of different stuff. i got two boys playing baseball. And yes, that's good stuff. But you know what? It, it is not going to last. And I'm not saying don't do things with your kids, because I'm going to do that. I have my kids for just a few few years, and I don't get that time back. However, we need to be very careful what we're investing our time and what we're busying ourselves with. You hearing me? What are we investing in? What are you busying yourself with? Meditate on these things. Give yourselves entirely to the Lord. Like, what if you really believe? Like, and I, and I, I do this, I meditate on this, and I, I go, Lord, I got so much room to grow. What if I really believe that I was bought with a price? That my life is not my own? How different would it look? If, if your life's not your own, and you really believe you were bought with a price, that means no matter what, at any given time, at any given time, the Holy Spirit can say, I need you to do this. And you drop everything, and you go, okay. Is, does, is that not what that looks like? How many of us could say, like, that's where I'm at right now? And some can say, you know, I'm pretty close. I believe every single one of us say, I've got some room to grow in this. We need to have this word transform our life. And it's all God-breathed, and every single part of it is awesome. But I think especially the parts that are speaking specifically to us in this day, we need to meditate on. We need to get it in us. We need to have that word affect us in a way that we can go and look and measure and go, is there areas that I'm being deceived in? Is there areas that I don't necessarily agree with Jesus on? Because I have emotions and other things tied to it. I see lots of heads moving. Then we got to meditate on it. And, and, and I've, have I given myself completely? Because listen to what he goes on. He says, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. I'm not really using my notes much here, but praise the Lord. The word save, he's telling Timothy to take heed to yourself, continue in this good doctrine, for in do doing so you will save, you will sozo both yourself and those who hear you. I don't know if that hits you like it did me when I was reading that, but Paul's literally telling Timothy, save yourself. Save yourself, Timothy. Don't allow yourself to be distracted. Don't allow yourself to be drawn away. Don't save yourself, Timothy, and so you can save others. Save yourself. Timothy's a, a leader in this church, that, and he's telling Timothy, Timothy, don't think you're set up too high. Don't think you're above this. Save yourself. Apply these things into your life so you can save others, both yourself and those who hear you. Now that word sozo, I did write that down somewhere. Where is it at? 
to save. That is deliver. To save, to deliver, protect, heal, preserve, do well, to be made whole. That is what sozo means. Is that not what this world needs? Is that not what we need? Do How many of you need to be saved? You need delivered, protected, healed, preserved, done well, made whole. This is the desire of God for you. And this is the desire for those around you. And we can play a part in that. In sozo ministry, deliverance. I've been so moved by God's heart like when he told me, he said the word deliverance for Easter. I want, he said, I want to deliver people. My heart has been so changing and shifting towards deliverance. And I'm talking full-blown, like demon-possessed people that are so messed up. They need Jesus. They need, can you imagine, what, how, how many of them were bound by things? And I mean, like, you were doing things you didn't even want to do anymore. But you were being driven to do things. If you've ever encountered that, it is, it is horrible. People need to be freed from that. Jesus came to set people free. He came to sozo. Not just save from hell, but to save and deliver and heal and fully restore and protect and keep people. That is the ministry that he's given to us. And us as leaders, this is our ministry. That's why we are here. And he's telling Timothy, save yourself. Save yourself. Church, we got to get ourselves delivered, get ourselves straightened out with him, have ourselves healed and strengthened and protected by him and in the boundaries that he's given us so that we can help others. Amen? I'm going to read a quote by Catherine Booth. If you don't know who she is, her and her husband are the ones who founded Salvation Army. Many, 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 many years ago. It, it was very different than it probably is today. But this is what she said about salvation. She said, salvation means restoration to goodness, to truth, to spiritual life, and to God. It means deliverance from inward evil and renewal of the heart in righteousness and true holiness. It means the right adjustment of the faculties of the soul, bringing it into harmony with the laws of its own being, within the law of God, and with the rightful claims of its fellow beings. In short, it means being put right in all its relations for time and for eternity. I, I love that definition. That's what true salvation looks like, amen?